Okay, uh, recording has started. This is the meeting of the Public Utilities Revenue Bond Oversight Committee for September 13th, uh, 2022. Uh, the time is 9.07 a.m. Uh, on the call of the roll, uh, Member Boothie. Present. Boothie present. Member Cap. Uh, Member Camp has informed us he is unable to attend today's meeting. So, Member Camp absent. Member Tang. Present. Member Tang present. Member Holliver. Present. Holliver present. Chair Liao. Present. Liao present. Uh, the motion passes without objection. Uh, there are no agenda changes that I know of today. Uh, next on the agenda is item number two, findings to allow teleconference meeting during declared emergency. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. For the past year and a half, this committee has relied on a state executive order to meet by teleconference. In September, the state legislature adopted Assembly Bill 361, which replaces the prior executive order and allows policy bodies to meet remotely, provided they make certain findings that is still necessary to meet remotely due to the emergency. Specifically, the body must find that it has considered the circumstances of the state of emergency. The state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of policy body members to meet safely in person, and state or local officials continue to impose or recommend measures to promote social distancing. In order that we may meet remotely today, I would like to move that this committee adopts the findings as stated, given the continuing concerns surrounding the COVID pandemic. May I have a second, please? Second. Thank you. Before we act, let's open this up for public comment. Yes, are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment at, at this time? I think just go ahead and let us know if you would like to make public comment. We have, I think we have two guests with us today. Uh, they are unmuted, so if you'd like to make public comment, just let me know. I do not hear any indication, so I don't believe we have any public comment on this item. Okay, so then should we do a call for a vote? Yes, on the motion, uh, Member Holliber. Aye. Oliver, aye. Member Ruthie. Aye. Ruthie, aye. Member Tang. Aye. Tang, aye. Camp absent. Chair Liao. Aye. Uh, Liao, aye. The motion passes without objection. Next on the agenda is item number three, public comment. Members of the public may address the Revenue Bond Oversight Committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on, not on today's agenda. Are there any members of the public who would like to make public comment at this time? Uh, the person who just raised their hand, you're, you are not muted, so you can just speak up. Can you hear me now? Yes. It's David Pilpel. Good morning. Um, so on general public comment, I just wanted to express a bit of concern that um, not about this committee, you guys are doing fine, um, but as to the commission itself, uh, apparently, uh, two new commissioners were uh, nominated um, by the mayor, and one of them, in addition, gets moved. Um, 
this will be heard at the Rules Committee of the Board of Soups under uh, Victor's expert uh, clerkship. Um, but the the bottom line is that um, not only did Ed Harrington leave the commission in January, but uh, this would see the end of Andy Moran's tenure on the uh, commission. And Andy has been um, either uh, staff person, general manager, or on the commission now for uh, many years and is quite uh, knowledgeable about um, the PUC and all of its aspects. And I'm just concerned about the level of expertise on the commission and just wanted to raise that um, concern uh, for the committee as relates to the important oversight function that both this committee and the commission provides over the activities, including um, the uh, revenue bonds of the commission. So anyway, just wanted to put that on the record. This can be distilled down to a sentence, but that's the concern. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to make public comment at this time? OK, I do not see any other indications. So we can move on to our next item, which is item number four, SFPUC hearing on finding number one of the RBOC performance audit visibility of bond expenditures. I believe that um, <clears throat> Ms. Hom is here to present on that matter. That's great. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk, uh, and uh, and welcome, uh, Ms. Hom. Uh, I think what might be helpful for this specific item is for Eugeniano to kind of refresh our memory for a moment about the nature of this finding from the audit, and then we'll turn it over to Ms. Holm, who will explain essentially how we are addressing that finding in the audit. Uh, good morning, members of the committee. Eugeniano from Yano Accountancy Corporation. Um, we're one of the team team members that are performing the performance audit. And if we're, if I understand correctly, Mr. Chair, you'd like me to address uh, finding one from the prior report? Yeah, if you can just in a, in a minute or so provide us a quick refresher on this finding, uh, and uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll turn it over to Ms. Holm to uh, share with us how we're addressing that finding. Okay. Um, uh, long story short, what we're trying to do is make sure that um, since this is a um, a bond audit, not so much a project audit, is to make sure that um, expenditures by uh, bond series are also captured by um, projects so that um, there is some sort of linkage between uh, what's shown in the bonds versus what's presented to the um, RBOC in terms of uh, by infrastructure in terms of how the projects are going. Okay, well, thank you for that. And uh, now over to, to you, Ms. Hom. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my name is Nancy Hom. Um, I'm the Chief Financial Officer and AGM of Business Services. Um, I'm here today to present the first report um, that finances uh, issuing. Um, it is the unexpended revenue bond proceeds report for fiscal year 21-22. And I'm going to share my screen. Um, and so 
Um, I want to go over a little bit of a, a short timeline of, of how this finding came about and what we have been working on for the past six uh, six months or so. So um, the report was prepared actually ready, readily available in December uh, to this committee. Uh, however, it was issued by the City Service Auditor in February 2022 as part of their phase one audit um, of revenue bond expenditures, and that was performed by HKA Global and Eugeniano and team. Um, our recommendation that relates to finance is recommendation number one related to the coordination, uh, the need to coordinate with this committee to create a more comprehensive project expenditures report. In March, um, SFPUC Audit Director Irella Blackwood provided an update to this committee in regards to our department's progress towards implementing the audit recommendations. And in May, um, before this committee, um, we provided a draft uh, report uh, and to do document our progress in preparing these templates for this committee. At that time, uh, approval was received and we have gone ahead and prepared this report as of June 30th, uh, fiscal year 2021-22. Uh, and so we're here uh, today, and I apologize for that typo there, it should be September 2022. Um, we are going to present our report. So uh, you should have within your packets um, a, a PDF report and each report, there's a report for each enterprise. And so I'm going to take you through um, each uh, page of the report, but just note that you will have a set for each enterprise for water, wastewater, and Hetch Hetchy water power and clean power SF. Um, so the first page of each report is basically called the summary of unexpended revenue bond proceeds. And how we determine um, unexpended proceeds is to uh, basically take the net of available proceeds less uh, total capital expenditures. It's a high level report, uh, again, by enterprise, um, and it will detail your in the information by the bond series and then what was available and what was expended. Page two of each, I'm sorry, report two of each set is a more detailed summary of the available revenue bond proceeds and how we determine that number is Available bond proceeds are based on actual deposits plus any debt service reserve releases plus any net investment earnings or in some cases an expense. Again, each enterprise has its own set of reports and so each one will have this. Um, and really this is a detailed summary um, by revenue bond series again. The third report in each set um, is detail is called the summary of revenue bond expenditures and here um, we have provided a detailed summary it details this information by authority in, in PeopleSoft it's actually the project by the bond series and, and then by any alternative sources and so this report can be quite long again because we are showing this by project and then going from left to right it's by bond series and so for example um, the first two lines for wastewater here on this slide you will note that there have been expended proceeds from a, a number of bond series going forward. And so this report is quite long, best to be viewed on uh, a large tabular format if you did tend to print it out or on your computer. Um, how we determine total expenditures here is basically, uh, we look at all the revenue bond series plus commercial paper, less um, uh, what, 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 what has been spent per bond series. Um, I wanted to provide a, uh, an update on this one. And so the report is will be available twice yearly 
we will issue the half year report for as of December 31st around mid-February of each year. Um, that is intended to capture all costs associated with the first half and have that ready for you. And we will we, uh, provide this report to you at that time. The second report is a full year report provided uh, around mid-September um, for the full fiscal year ended June 30th. And um, for the most part, that report will always be available in mid-September. We tend to finalize and close our books by the end of August. And again, that is to allow all transactions to completely post and report the data um, after the cutoff. Um, in the future, this report will be a communications item, so we will just we will provide it to this committee. Um, I will be available um, in the case there are any questions. And this report is prepared um, by the Financial Reporting and Analysis Division within Finance. If there are any questions in the future, uh, please feel free to uh, contact Nikolai Skarlov. Skarlov, he is the Capital Finance Director, and he will be uh, able to route those questions to the appropriate teams to help you. Um, and that's it for my presentation today. I'm happy to answer any questions. Ms. Owen, would like to thank you, uh, you and, and, and your team for this work. I realize that uh, configuring PeopleSoft to produce these reports is actually takes quite a bit of work and, 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 and effort to really find out exactly how to really line up this information in a way that can be consumed by the, uh, by the committee. So thank you for that. Uh, I would like to, to, to ask the committee uh, if uh, there are any questions, any, any, any comments, anything that, uh, that jumps out as you read this, uh, these reports. Um, I have I have a comment, so I want to so I want to thank um, Nancy Nancy and her team for preparing those wonderful reports, and I believe will be very helpful. Um, and I also would recommend um, um, next time when you present this report to the committee, it will also be helpful if if uh, your staff member or Nikolai can give us a walkthrough of the report, given we only see this twice a year. So sure. I'm sure it will be also helpful. Thank you. Glad to do so. Um, I also want to know. I also want to know if there's any questions or you feel that you would like to see the report in a different way. Um, I'm happy to explore that. Um, we just need to hear back from you. That's all. Thank you. All right. Super. Well, uh, thank you. And I'm also still absorbing the report, and uh, I'm sure I'll have a couple of questions for uh, Mrs. Klaroff when he's going to be back. Um, I would like to, to to go back to Eugeniano, if you don't mind, for just a moment. And uh, do, do you feel that uh, this essentially this type of report with this level of detail is addressing the the finding from uh, from the audit? Um, I think it covers a lot of it, but not all of it, because what's going to happen is that um, they're also there are actually two pieces of the linkage. One is what I would call vertical where it is now. And the other part is linear, because for example, let me give you the best example I have, which is the old um, Calaveras Dam project, which was funded by what I think seven bond series because of the length of the project. Um, and let me say that um, having it funded by seven bond series because of the length of the project actually made sense. Um, so um so we have a reconciliation that says okay here is uh, a particular bond series and what we spent it on 
And on the flip side, if you had um, a uh, project that said, okay, here's a project and here's all the bond series that funded it. Now it can either be in a two dimensional report or it can be, um, if it's too difficult to do in two dimensions, have one set of reports that says, um, and, and may, maybe it's just for major projects, right? Because it may not be worth it to do for every last project, um, but for all the large projects that are of real interest to the um, to the committee to say, okay, here's the big project and here are its funding sources. And you, you might want to do that at the project level. I, I'm throwing that out as, as yeah. options versus, um, versus a hard uh, idea. Because what happened was our idea in phase one was to do a two-dimensional report. But on the flip side, it may make more sense to do two sets of uh, one-dimensional reports. And, and I will leave that to the committee and uh, PUC uh, finance. Uh, sorry, let me let me ask a question. It's not quite clear. Um, is the concern that an individual project become the, the expenditures associated with an individual projects are difficult to identify because a specific bond may be spread out across different projects, or is the concern different? Um, well, to both. Okay. Um, if I look at some of the projects. Um, some of the projects not only have bond funding um, under the um, under ARBOC, uh, which is a concern of the ARBOC, but uh, additional funding, like some of the new wastewater projects, right? Um, you have federal funding, you have state funding, uh, but right now infrastructure is concerned about what the total project cost is. And so um, we'll, from your perspective, as you look at the uh, project costs, you'll want to know how much is really under your purview, right? right? Because right now, one of the projects is over a billion dollars with a budget, but I think federal and state funding is going to be in the neighborhood of $700 million plus. Uh, what that means is that instead of having a billion dollars really under ARBOC purview, you may only have $300 million. Right, and so to, and so uh, putting everything in perspective, right? Um, yes, three hundred million dollars is a very large project, um, but um, it's not as large as a billion. Got it. No, thank you for that. That that, that that's super helpful. So, I, I sounds like what we should do really as a committee is to really absorb the report that Ms. Homer shared with us, and uh, and and maybe walk do a walk through. With Mr. Sklarov and then take it from there and really see what's missing and, and address it in the next set of reports when they come up in six months from now. Will that be a good way to approach it? Uh, Chair Liel, this is Charles Pearl. I um I recommend that. I recommend receiving and, and reviewing and get, and receiving a walkthrough of the reports once they're once they're put together. Uh, our our perspective generally on this is we don't report to this committee on a lot of what um, uh, Mr. Yano just described. We don't come to you with details on our loans and our you know all of the you know the timing and sizing of all of our various loans. We that's not within this committee's purview. We we don't provide you any of that information. Yet this this request or this recommendation was to provide 
information on on other sources, and um, we felt that that was uh, out of context. Uh, again, we don't provide this committee any information on grants and loans and uh, other other sources, uh, and it's not under this committee's purview uh, to review those those details. And so we uh, interpreted the recommendation as Ms. Hom has presented, uh, and we respectfully request this committee review the reports uh, once they're uh, provided. If there is a desire to receive additional uh, sourced information, I don't believe it would be in the form of a report. I think it would be changing the purview of this committee uh, to provide uh, that information from the very beginning. Uh, meaning if we're applying for a loan, we're telling this committee that information, we're giving you information on what projects that, it, you know, the, the, those loan monies are, are going towards. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I, I'm open to city attorney and other interpretation, but this is our interpretation of, of uh, the reporting uh, audit recommendation. Got it. Well, thank you for that. Um, okay. So it sounds like the, the committee needs to to review the, the the information that we have now and then sort of take it from there. Are there any other um, questions, concerns, or, or 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 comments from the committee? Nope, nothing at this point. Okay, so we'll, we'll we can continue this agenda item at the next meeting with a walkthrough from uh, Mrs. Sklarov then. Ms. Hum, thank you again for. For preparing these. This is very helpful. And uh, Mr. Clark, over to you. I feel losing my mute button all the time. Um, just confirm no action taken at this time, and we will tentatively schedule for reschedule this matter for our next meeting. Um, is there any public comment on this matter? Uh, yes, there is. David Popel. Please proceed. Great, thanks. Um, okay, so I just wanted to do my own very quick uh, walkthrough starting on page 14 of the uh, packet. Um, I don't know what you have on your screen because I'm only on the phone, um, but I've got a 44-page packet starting on page 14. So this uh, summary uh, page for the Water Enterprise shows available proceeds, capital expenditures, and then unexpended proceeds. Um, I'm not so concerned about the $10 uh, difference on uh, line four, um, but I am concerned about the $13 million difference on wherever that is, 2016A bond series. So I'm wondering in the future if um, staff can address how available proceeds end up being a negative number and how unexpended proceeds end up being a negative number. It seems to me like proceeds should be positive, capital expenditures should be between zero and, and positive, and unexpended should be uh, between zero and a, a positive number. Um, so I'm just wondering in terms of controls or allocation or accounting, whatever, how that end, how some negative numbers appear here. On the next page, the official statement that seems about right for the, the total. I don't know what the adjustment line, well, there's a little note about that, uh, various things. Actual deposits would be the, the variance, the debt service reserve release. I don't know what that means, but okay. 
net investment earnings. Okay, so then available proceeds gets back to the available proceeds that was on the previous report. Um, got it. On the the next page, I think addresses the uh, concern that the um, uh, uh, HK or, or Yano just expressed about the various projects and the detail of the sources for specific projects. That's the really detailed spreadsheet starting on page 16 for the water enterprise. Um, and that made some amount of sense to me. I'm assuming on page 18 that the three lines or three columns towards the end of commercial paper are actually debt instruments in addition to the reserve release, that those are actually debt instruments that uh, this committee has jurisdiction over. If not, I would suggest that those columns on this uh, report over which the committee has jurisdiction either be put in a color or have an arrow. So the various bond series, I believe, are within this committee's jurisdiction. If the commercial paper and other sources are not, then I would perhaps include them but not highlight them consistent with uh, what um, uh, Charles Pearl just indicated, that the commission's jurisdiction uh, is limited. Um, there are similar uh, charts following, starting on page uh, 20 with the uh, wastewater enterprise. Um, same thing on 21, 22, 23. Speaker time I, has elapsed. That's been three minutes. Great. Anyway, um, I hope those comments help, and in the future we can uh, better understand these reports. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to make public comment at this time? Hearing none, uh, uh, we can move on to the next item, which is item number five. Hearing on item, uh, finding number two of the RBOC performance audit quality assurance. I believe that Mr. Robinson is here to provide a update on this matter. Thank you, Mr. Clerk and uh, Mr. Robinson. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I would like to start with uh, a quick, again, a reminder from HKA and Yano to really remind the committee and everyone really on the call the nature of this finding from uh, from the audit. And then we'll turn it over to Mr. Robinson to essentially explain how he's addressing the finding in the audit. With that, I'll turn it over to, I guess, Mr. Pocalico or Mr. Yano. Eugene, you want to start? Uh, why don't we have Mr. Dawson start? Because uh, he was the um, did he was the driver on most of this, and I know he's in the meeting. Ideas here. Yep. Thanks, Eugene. Um, so yeah, this finding is for the QA QC um, function within the um, infrastructure, and so once we were performing an audit, um, we noted that there was a period of dormancy. Um, uh, with this within this function and so it was it was within the time period whenever water infrastructure was um, substantially complete as a, as a program and it was uh, transferring over to the sewer um, and so we we noted that within our report and uh, made the recommendation that um, for them to kind of kick back up the program make sure it was going and uh, so they could uh, it was robust during the sewer enterprise phase. So that's the summary I have. Steve, if you want to go ahead. Very good. Thank you, um, 
Chair, Committee members, and Mr. Dawson, thanks for introducing that. Um, yeah, so my name is Stephen Robinson, uh, Assistant General Manager for Infrastructure, just newly appointed in the last few months, um, but happy to be here to talk about our quality assurance program. Um, as noted, yeah, I understand it did lapse during that transition between the water program moving over to wastewater, um, but there's obviously been some interest to make sure we rectify that so I can I can walk us through that today. Um, I thought about just going back, though, to put some of this in context about why we're here, um, and you've already kind of touched on this, but um, hopefully I'm sharing my screen and you can see it as well, but th this was the recommendation itself um, to comply with one of our infrastructure project management procedures, um, focusing on these audits within our QA program, um, to really to make sure we perform these audits. And I'm going to emphasize this part during the four main phases of a project's life cycle. So we'll talk about that some more, but that's one of the, the main things we wanted to look at. So big picture and really quickly, San Francisco PUC, water, power and sewer. And within that, I thought, uh, let's look at the assets that we have and the work that we need to do and within which this QA program needs to support. Um, but it was interesting for me just to put it in perspective across our water power and sewer, um, thousand, over a thousand miles of water pipe in the city alone, never mind all the tunnel pumps and conveyance um, coming down from the mountains. Um, and on the sewer side, similar, a thousand miles of pipe in the city, never mind all the pump stations and treatment facilities we have. So a significant amount of assets and the majority of those of the older system, you know, m more than a century old. So I think then about what we need to do to work with those assets, and you, you're probably familiar with um, the typical challenges and opportunities we talk about across our different programs. These systems and uh, assets are old, and we want to obviously bring them up to modern code for seismic vulnerability and reliability, but we're also responding to climate change um, as we do that, maintaining the quality of both our water that we consume, but also the water that we discharge into the environment and into the bay and ocean. Um, and then I think about our people and resources and the great resignation that we face at the moment and having the right talent to be able to do all this work while also making it affordable. So that affordability is a segue to what's in our current capital plan. Um, I pull these numbers from what we presented at our budget hearings to the commission back at the beginning of this year. Um, and when you add up across all the different um, programs within PUC's infrastructure work, it comes to close to $10 billion. And of that, then we want to make sure, of course, and commit to um, delivering the highest quality possible. And we have our procedures in place. And the finding, the recommendation, of course, was to make sure that we follow those procedures and do our work to the highest qual um, possible quality. We kind of make sure that we're auditing ourselves and doing our work. Um, to stay on top of that. So um, as we switch to um, maybe the meat of this now, the quality assurance piece, um, I mentioned our manual that we have within infrastructure for our procedures. We have a section on quality assurance alone. The, there are two main uh, procedures within that section. Um, firstly, on the left, um, project management procedure 6.01 um, is overarching for the QA program itself. And then we have a procedure dedicated 6.02 to doing these audits within the QA program. So 6.01, that overarching one, um, talks about how we define quality assurance. It then explains the need to do these um, audits on a planned and systematic um, process in order to make sure that we're complying with the program itself. That's the part that um, lapsed during a period and now we've we've been rectifying. So 6.02 are the audits themselves. Um, this is used in conjunction with other procedures. So just very um, at a high level, give you some perspective of that. You see the on the left in the graphic PM 6.02 is the procedure dedicated to the audits. Um, but moving from the top left and going to the right, 
Um, we have a procedure around engineering drawings and making sure that they follow revision control, make sure they're complete in detail. Um, and we're, we're doing good version control as, as project uh, drawings develop during a project life cycle. Um, PM 2.01 is really an all encompassing project development process procedure that looks at how a project moves through all the phases of, of work from needs assessment way back at the beginning through how it gets designed and then into construction and transition of that asset to operations um, and maintenance. Um, the project management plan at the top right, um, a procedure that establishes requirements for the project management team need to do to work on every project. It deserves and warrants um, periodic updates as the project moves through its life cycle. Um, so obviously important to keep updated as well. Um, bottom left-ish in brown, um, project change management, um, also important as the project develops, working together um, with the team to make sure we're scoping and managing the budget and staying on schedule as the project evolves. Um, the QA program 6.01 we talked about, but there's also um, PM 7.01, the environmental review um, work, um, describing the implementation of how we do environmental review and the process of compliance during uh, the project's development. So just very high level, how our QA procedures interface with all our other procedures and, and work together. So I mentioned at the beginning, one of the recommendations, the, the recommendation talked about doing across all four phases uh, of project delivery, um, something that had been lacking. Um, so here we're just kind of highlighting what those four phases are, um, planning through environmental into design and then construction. And a QA plan needs to be prepared and updated then at the beginning of each of these phases. And you can see in the, in the numbered items there at the bottom left of the screen, there are different elements, different people and different roles are responsible for managing that QA plan during those phases. To unpack that a little bit further, um, there are the four phases again, and you can see at what points during those phases, then we would do these um, audits, right? We begin to look into the project at the planning phase, right about when we've developed alternatives. So now we're looking at um, doing conceptual engineering on the selected alternative. Um, the project manager and the project engineer, the PM and the P then would look after that. In the environmental phase, and we want to get towards the administrative draft of that EIR if it's necessary or a mitigated neg negative uh, declaration at that point. But again, the project manager and the environmental project manager would be looking at it at that stage. In design, um, not too close to the beginning, but not too close to the end. Typically, midpoint is reasonable. Again, the project manager and the project engineer. And then in construction, we want to be allowing some time to elapse um, from when things have started for things to bed in and do good audit to make sure there's sufficient time to recover or address some findings and make sure we're doing the right quality work through the rest of the construction process. Project manager and resident engineer at that point would be on point. So some of the work we've been doing, our procedure um, 6.02 um, talks about um, the assistant general manager and I falling to myself to oversee this program to make sure these audits occur. Um, that lapsed at some point in the past, so we actually made a, a revision to that earlier this year before my time, um, but we modified our procedure to say that um, the QA manager would be directed to prepare this list of projects to be audited on an annual basis and make that part of a routine process so that we don't lose um, a period where we're missing or there's a gap in the audit process. Um, so we've actually modified that procedure. 
Um, we also um, unfortunately lost our quality manager. Um, the individual retired back in June of this year. Um, so wish him all, all the well in his in his retirement. But we're already in process of backfilling this position. Um, and the interviews have occurred and selection has been made. So I'm quite impressed that within a few months, which is relatively fast, I understand, for a city process to be able to go through that recruitment process. And we have selected a candidate. So we're looking forward to onboarding this new person and then working with our updated procedure and making sure we execute and implement on, on the procedure itself. Um, so to report where we are from a summary perspective, uh, on the left, um, when we acknowledged under audit that we were lacking in doing some of these audits, um, we initiated some audits last year. They did focus on the construction sites. So on the left, you can see four projects that were um, audited through our procedures by our program construction manager. Um, on the southeast plant so some significant projects appropriate to focus on those but they were all construction based so i emphasized at the beginning the need to be looking at all four phases planning environmental design and construction so this year then on the right we've already completed four um, and one of which in each of those four phases and we now have a plan to do more through the rest of this year so we're steadily increasing the number of audits we're doing and making sure they're diverse across all four phases of the project but also if you look at that list on the right pretty diverse across all the different types of work that we do on the water side to our flooding project for Folsom um, to look at uh, corrosion control and transmission on the water side and then the southeast community center a vertical construction uh, building um, within the southeast community another different type of project so looking for diversity across our, our program of work um, I thought it'd be helpful to be transparent and share some themes from our, those recent audits that we've been doing in the last year. Um, so just at a high level, number one, um, some of these significant, really important for record retention purposes, these documents are missing some signatures. Um, so we want to make sure that we follow through in our process to have everything completely signed and, and buttoned up for record. Uh, number two, that project management plan that I mentioned. Um, it should be updated periodically and it hasn't always been consistently. So that's something that we're focusing on. That PMP forms the basis of integrating all of our work. So it's an important document to make sure that we're um, executing the project correctly. Uh, number three, um, there are many procedures um, and many phases of these projects. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but there are places where we can miss some of these forms and checklists that need to be completed at the end of each milestone or the end of each project phase. So now we've got more focus on that and making sure that we um, use, work with our new quality manager to make sure we're completing um, all of the required documentation at each phase. And then we actually have a separate uh, number four, separate procedure to, within the QA section to look at lessons learned. Um, and we need to be following that better to make sure that we take these lessons learned and then feed them into the next project. So we're continually um, creating a culture of improvement. Um, so just to close my final slide, happy to take questions. Um, this was the finding at the top, the recommendation to comply with the procedure during all four phases. Um, so just a couple of bullets. We did those four construction phase audits. Um, in calendar 21, um, but the group was actually reorganized under the Project Management Bureau in February of this year. Um, and then our person did move on in June, but we're already working to replace him. Um, and then we have since been doing four um, quality uh, assurance audits across a more diverse and all the four phases of the projects in this year with more planned in 2022. So steadily increasing our response. Um, to the both the recommendation of the audit and executing the procedure that we have. So that's my kind of brief presentation. Happy to uh, stop sharing and take any questions if there are any at this time.
uh, Mr. Robinson, thank you. This is very helpful. I personally find it very refreshing to really see the process, how it's unfolded, and it's being carried out by uh, the organization. Um, I have uh, two questions. One is about staffing. If I recall correctly, one of the challenges that really was flagged from the audit was that a number of individuals actually left and were not really replaced uh, at the time. So I wonder if you have the right people and if you have enough people to do what you want them to do at this stage. Yeah, thank you. Um, unfortunately, that is a common question, and it's not just relating to our quality assurance program. Um, I hear that, and our new general manager has been hearing that consistently across PUC and the city. Staffing in our current uh, workplace and environment across the world even has been a challenge to get the right talent, the right resources uh, at the right time. For us in this QA world and within infrastructure, um, as I'm relatively new to this role, um, I think it creates an opportunity for us to respond to the market, to hiring and recruiting conditions we face and um, to do a good internal look at our structure and make sure that with um, some new folks and new leadership at PUC and a new person managing this program we can do a full complete assessment of what it really takes to execute a program like this to make sure that we don't have uh, resource gaps in the future and if there are resource gaps if we're lacking in some way to get staff to do it then I feel like we've got an opportunity to adjust in some way do we do something different or um, is there a way to do it better so it's an opportunity I think to kind of look at everything but yes it's very topical at the moment to think about staffing and resources thank you so it sounds like we have one incoming person Yes. And, and then you will reassess. And, and let me ask a follow-up question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you feel the QA program, the way it is structured organizationally and the extent of what the QA program is, is it adding value? Is it really helping you do what you do? Or, or, or how would you really assess it? Uh, I, I would hope so. I think so. I believe so. Like the procedure is in place to do its job, and but obviously that was lacking for a period of time. Now that we've got a, a better cadence and motivation to do our audits again, I think the proof in answer to your question will be if we can successfully take those themes and apply them through lessons learned and actually use them to drive change. That's how we can test whether or not it's really going to be effective. We can do audits, we can generate recommendations and have findings, um, but if they go on the shelf and they don't drive change, then it's not as useful. So I'm very motivated to follow all the way through to that lessons learned part and make sure that we do things like be transparent, like I've tried to do today with some themes that are coming up. And the more we talk about that, the more we're transparent internally as an organization and externally, then we know and we can work as a team to make sure we address those things. So uh, yes, I, I believe we now need to follow through. Now that we've got a little bit of data from recent audits in the last couple of years, we will follow through on that. Well, thank you for that. Um, any any questions, comments from the committee? Have one. Yes, thank you. Just finding my unmute button. Um, thank you, Chair. Thank you, um, Stephen Robinson. Just wondering if you have a sense of why the bits, because most of the um, lessons that you shared very transparently are uh, seem procedural and important, but it doesn't mean like the substance of the work wasn't done, right? Someone forgot to fill some forms. Do you have a sense of why that happened? Um, thank you. Good question. Um, uh, I, I don't, but I, I could guess and say that everyone's very busy. There's a lot of projects in people's plates. There are a lot of procedures and a lot of phases to our projects and they are complex. Um, there's a lot of variety in our work too, so that's why it's helpful for 
engineers and infrastructure thinking to have procedures to have checklists to make sure that we stay on top of things so i can only imagine with when things being too busy things get missed um, and we don't have that right you know as being mentioned qa process in place to check right and to work as a team and to make sure that we do all the relevant steps before we move on to the next phase so that some of that comes down to the staffing concern too if we're overstretched and don't have capacity to spend that time so um something that we'll be looking at really carefully thank you and member Tang and member Holber, any 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 thoughts, any questions? No questions for me. Thanks. Thank you. So no, I would like to you. go back to oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, just thank you for the presentation and the update. Thank you. I'd like to go back to Mr. Dawson and uh and uh, now that, that, that you heard from Mr. Robinson, uh do do you feel that uh the process underway right now addresses the the finding from the audit yes definitely and i was to say good job in the presentation Stephen. i think that uh you know everything you described is, is what we expected and uh, so it's good to hear that y'all have you know picked it up and, and really ran with it and uh <clears throat> like you said um you know, it, it it goes down to the lessons learned and implementing it on other projects so that's encouraging to hear so um thank you yeah i think it's good all right, super. Well, Mr. Robinson, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I think we have addressed this agenda item, and I'll uh, turn it over to uh, to the clerk. Mr. Clerk, we're ready for the next agenda item. Oh. Uh, still having trouble with my mute button. Sorry about that. Okay, uh, no action taken on this matter at this time. Uh, did you have an anticipated date you may want to hear this again? Well, I think this uh, we, we addressed we it today. It okay. I think we no can problem. close it out for now. And, and, and in the next audit, you know, if this comes back, we'll, we'll address it at that point. No problem. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? Yep, David Pilpel. Okay, please proceed. Thanks. And if I could get a 30-second warning in the future, that would be great. Um, so this presentation wasn't posted until this morning, so I'm only uh, looking at it now. I guess I'm concerned about page uh, 14 of this particular proposal with the themes. I guess it either troubles or alarms me that various uh, documents uh, did not have required signatures, that um, project management plans uh, weren't prepared in some cases, that there were missing checklists and forms, and that there were lessons learned that were not submitted. That all seems um, troubling, but hopefully that will be um, addressed in the future. Um, I went and looked at my org charts, and it looks to me like it's either Moshgan or perhaps more appropriately Albert Tom, who may have uh, retired, and that position is what's being filled, so that's to the good. Um, I, I mean, I believe that uh, audits are taken seriously, uh, and this function, whether it's in 6.02 or 6.03, um, are uh, appropriately being
being handled within infrastructure. But I guess this just gives me pause, and I hope that in future um, audits by um, ARBOC and in future audits that are reported by uh, PUC that there's an update um, on compliance with the um, appropriate uh, PM uh, Article 6 uh, sections. So I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. If I have anything further, I'm sure I can follow up with uh, staff. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Okay, there being no further action and no action taken, we can move on to our next item, which is item number six, RBOC audit update. This time I was on mute. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. And I would like to turn it over to HKA and Yano for an update on the ongoing audit underway right now. I, I can start off, Dan. Um, <clears throat> Good morning, committee chair, uh, committee chair and committee members. Uh, this is Hunter Wong with CSA. I'm here to provide you a short verbal update on the uh, current ongoing revenue bond audit phase two. Uh, the audit team is currently in field work. Um, we've been working very closely with PUC to obtain documentation for um, for our evaluation. Um, as of right now, we have in, we're encountering a few challenges, um, and it's not just a preface. It's not on uh, PUC not being you know not providing us documentation. They've been very diligent and cooperative with us. Um, in this case, we have um, two kind of unique circumstances. In one case, one of the projects or uh, a set of projects, perhaps that we're looking at that we've sampled. Um, fall under, there are some security requirements, there's some confidentiality requirements because they, uh, the subject of the of the expenditures are related to dams. And so there are some, I don't know if national security is necessarily the right, the right word, but there are some security concerns about those. And so we are working with PUC and potentially may need to follow up with the city attorney to um, just work through how to get those documents and what we can look at. Um, so there's so that is one of the situations. The other scenario is related to um, uh, the MDR projects that are owned by MTA. And so this is related to the Terrebelle Sewers project and I believe Van Ness. Um, their work that as, as MTA is going through that work, um, some of that work is related to PUC sewers and light uh, and water uh, and maybe something else as well. But there are some work that's related to PUC's um, scope. So to make sure that there's no repetition um, and that, you know, MTA's work isn't dug up later so that PUC can go back in and do this work. It's being done at the same time. Um, as part of that, we are trying to work right now with uh, PUC to figure out how to get some of the documentation from MTA. Um, we are trying to figure out right now what extent to what extent MTA was involved and to what extent some of the uh, supporting documentation rests with that department versus PUC. Um, and so there uh, we we have tried to obtain some documentation from MTA and right now are working through some pushback in terms of their availability and their uh, basically their staffing availability. So as of right now, we're trying to work through and get those documents and, and try and get them in the most efficient way possible. But those are two things that are kind of um, taking a little bit of time to work through. So as of right now, uh, based on trying to get that documentation, the audit team does not expect that we would be issuing a draft in October, uh, a, a draft report. 
Um, we will need time to get those documents from PUC and potentially um, MTA, as well as any follow up with city attorney. So that will take some time. Um, we are once we have some more, once we get uh, further down the road, we'll have a little bit better sense of um, an estimate in terms of when we will be able to get a draft report out. But as of right now, I think October is not not what we're expecting. Um, so that is the update. Um, any questions from the committee? I have a quick question, yes. Um, thanks, Hunter. Just refresh my memory, please. How much of the scope of what is um, being examined right now do these two problems concern? Uh, it's not a lot, but I will turn over that specific question over to um, HKA and Yano. Thanks. Um, it's really three different elements of work. It's within the sample, we selected various uh, audit areas, and these fall within that area. I can't give you an exact dollar number, but it's roughly three different projects that we hit as part of the selection that these different um, roadblocks came up. I, I, I think they're, we're well on the way to solving them. I, I feel the PUC has been incredibly cooperative and responsive. Um, literally, if we ask for a meeting in the morning, we have it in the afternoon. So we're quickly trying to push through this but again there are audit liaisons in every department that have to be um, talked to so it's i don't remember the exact dollars i could get that back if you'd really like that but it's three three different projects that are touched upon thank you <clears throat> thank you for the update any uh, any other question thoughts from the committee? Nope. No. Okay. Well, yeah. Appreciate all the effort and look forward to the draft report in October. So thank you again uh, to to CSA and the and the audit team and uh, we're ready for public comments and we'll continue this item at the next meeting. Okay. Um, give me a moment. Okay, are there any members of the public who would like to provide comment on this matter? Yes, please, David Pilpel. Please proceed. Great, thanks. Um, so it sounds like these two um, issues that were raised are good and important issues to uh, work through, and then I hope the uh, resolution is um, committed to writing, whether it uh, changes the uh, a, a, a PM section um, or revises um, an MOU or a standing arrangement with uh, MTA on uh, joint projects. For that matter, um, I, I would suggest that the, the same issue be raised with uh, DPW for projects that uh, they're undertaking um, for uh, PUC. Um, I mean, both the, the security uh, implications on dam projects uh, and uh, joint work uh, in streets um, are issues that aren't specific to one particular project, but go across a, a series of projects. And however that's uh, resolved, I think should be, um, again, committed uh, in writing for everyone for the future. Um, and in fact, whatever that resolution is, 
um, particularly on the MTA uh, projects. I think that should be reported out um, publicly. Um, and to the extent that PUC is paying for that portion of the work involving uh, water and sewer, PUC should have access to uh, the documentation about uh, the work, whether it's uh, uh, payment issues or uh, construction drawings or status reports or whatever it is you're trying to uh, get at. And um, it, it doesn't seem to me like uh, MTA should be taking the money from PUC doing the work but not uh, be willing to tell PUC uh, what's going on. That doesn't sound okay to me. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm glad that those issues were um, highlighted and are being uh, addressed and look forward to hearing in the future uh, what the resolution is on those particular issues. Thanks for listening and thanks for the work on this. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? Okay, there being no additional comment and no action taken, we'll move on to our next item, which is item seven. Revenue Bond Oversight Committee planning for future audits to evaluate the performance of projects funded by revenue bonds. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, I think this is a presentation that was requested by uh, Member Tang. So with that, I'll turn it over to CSA. Hi, Hunter Wong here again. Um, so I'll be doing the presentation today for this one. Um, just as some background, if you go to the, the second page of that slide. Um, so just as some background, we at CSA worked with uh, member Tang um, based on a white paper that the committee created um, initially with those three questions at the top there that you see is infrastructure financed by revenue bonds performing as designed is infrastructure financed by revenue bonds properly maintained uh, to ensure that it performs as designed over the intended lifespan and then finally are ratepayers receiving good return on their investment in capital improvement projects and so you can see underneath that uh, the committee is interested in hiring um, an independent national engineering firm to achieve those objectives that's uh, listed there as some background around our office um, for the city services auditor in terms of our work planning. So we create a work plan every year. And in this case, um, you know, it, it kind of guides the work that we're going to be doing for the rest of that fiscal year. And so right now we are we're currently uh, working on a lot of different a lot of different initiatives, uh, including cost recovery work based on the COVID-19 emergency for um, uh, cost recovery. The reason I'm saying all this is that as of right now, we're expecting, so this is going to that third slide, the proposed timeline, we're expecting to, um, if we were to move forward with this, that we would be doing the solicitation development in Q4 of this fiscal year, 22-23. And so starting sometime in April and going through July 2023, so April 2022 going through July 2023, I'm sorry, April 2023 through July 2023, we would be working on the solicitation development um, for the RFP, and this would involve CSA working with uh, our BOP committee members on the, um, the scope of work, which would then require both the city attorney and the contract monitoring division, CMD, to review and approve. Um, based on this timeline, uh, we could expect something like uh, publishing the solicitation sometime in August 2023, evaluating proposals received in September 2023, uh, and then an issuance of notice of intent to award a contract sometime in October. 
November through March 2024 would then be for contract negotiations and then the actual development of the contract document, awarding the contract itself in April 2024, and then finally begin the contract management uh, in that in that May 2024 through January 2025, um, actually administering the contract for this um, proposed project. So that is our timeline. Um, I'd like to like to answer any questions that the committee may have. Member Tang, any 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 thoughts on on this presentation? Um, I just want to right, so since we didn't we don't have the slide on the screen, so just want to point out that's the like the PDF page 29 of the agenda packet. So in case anybody want to see that. So I, I, I really appreciate um, Hunter's team like accommodating um, our box of requests and, um, you know, include us in their um, current fiscal year's um, schedule. So I think this is consistent with what we have discussed um, 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 last month. So interesting to see any comments from the rest of the committee. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, something that came up and was discussed as part of the audit, the performance audit that was completed a few months back, and, and I think Mr. Pilpel flagged as well, and we talked also with DCA Blake, is about the confidentiality of this kind of projects. So performance audit is a black box, and Arbuck essentially gets to see it once the audit is complete. Uh, however, uh, what we're talking about here wouldn't be a performance audit. It would be a different kind of uh, study. Do you know if it will be, uh, it will fall under the same confidentiality clauses of a performance audit, or if this could be an open and collaborative process? Uh, yes, I can make sure. Um, so the confidentiality requirement for us actually applies to, um, it's all draft work products from the city services auditor. So in this case, um, it, it's not it's not strictly uh, limited to performance audits. In this case, this would still, con if we were to take this on, this would still be considered a draft work product. Um, what we did in the first batch was um, we did work with member camp in this case to provide him with um, we provided him the report in advance uh, where he he sat through a meeting with us and PUC, um, provided comments uh, that helped us address certain things. Uh, and so in this case, I don't remember if that was a situation where he was uh, delegated as a subcommittee or if a subcommittee was created. But um, if we were to go down this road, we would expect to be doing something like that again, where um, a committee member would be appointed as the delegate to review and provide comments. Thank I don't you. know so, if, um, if if Mark has any different thoughts or any other thoughts, I should say. Uh, do no, we have this I, here, Blake? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on. No, I I don't. Um, uh, let's just let's just plan to discuss it and report back to the committee at the next next meeting. Thank you for that. Yeah, because it's it not, sounds like. This is not a performance audit requirement. It's more of a CSA requirement. Sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's not that I don't have any thoughts. It's just that they may not be well thought out. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, does the committee, uh, other members, have any any thoughts, any 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 questions, suggestions on on this item? Uh, 
I have a comment, Chair um, and committee members. Again, Charles Pearl, uh, Deputy CFO, SFPUC. <laughs> I think as this committee is considering this, uh, adding this item to your to your audit calendar, your forward audit calendar, it'll be important for us to us the agency to understand what are the deliverables and frankly, what does the agency do with this information. Um, it'll it's one thing to say that one project perhaps wasn't, you know, didn't turn out uh, in terms of its its project plan. Uh, there's, you know, I'm presupposing there will be a variety of, of reasons for for that finding. Um, but other than it being a unique situation of that project that there's really not much to do about, I, I would hope that this work provides deliverables and helpful guidance for project planning. Uh, which I'm guessing is where the committee is going with this, in that it's not so much a gotcha situation. It's a, we want a deliverable that speaks to changes to SFPUC project planning guidance. I, at least that's what I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, that that's where the committee is going with this. Um, perhaps you've already had discussions around connections with the committee's you know, purview and bylaws, et cetera. I'm, I'm not going to ask any questions regarding that. But, um, you know, I guess my ask for this committee is as you're working on this this item uh, with the CSA team that uh, there's there's some discussion around the deliverables and frankly, what does the agency do with the information? So thank you. Well, thank you for that. That, that That's important. And maybe Member Tang, you want to comment on that? Um, so thanks, Charles, for your comments. But um, I don't think the reason we're doing this is is any intention of uh, like any like making any changes to your to your financial or or project planning. So um, the the main reason the committee is interested in doing this is because uh, given uh, the committee's um, um, responsibility, the oversighting responsibilities, you know, we just want to make sure um, the project's completed. It's still consistent with um, the intention of the projects include as stated in the bond documents. So. Um, and we have never, the committee has never done any study like this. Um, uh, we feel like the committee feel like it's the right thing to do given the responsibility of the committee. So at this point, I do not believe the intention of the results uh, would be used for like um, 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 make, make, for making any changes to your um, project planning, um, but we would be interested in the, um, the, the the results. Just, just adding to that, and uh, uh, Mr. Pro, what you you will find is in the in the minutes of previous meetings, there is a document that the committee has created. It's a it's a draft document that kind of looks into this, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, it's short. It's about a couple of pages, and and that document essentially kind of asks the question: Are ratepayers getting a good return on their investment for these capital improvement programs? So that's kind of where the committee has left it at. That document has not evolved uh, uh, since uh, this has been in, in in the meetings yet. So it's uh, it's a very early in uh, in uh, I guess in the process at least at this point. Okay, thanks for that. I'll I'll take a look for that information. And uh, just a question: Has the committee considered examining the scoping of your of your auditors to add this 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 work to the 
their individual audit plans like the Yano HKA uh, audit scope, wouldn't this be something they could also look at other than just the actual spending? Or is this a, is this a different scoping that's not related to the actual spending picture, I guess? <laughs> So again, I think it will be useful if you look at that document, mm -hmm. you know, take okay. a look because it kind of goes through that. So no, we haven't, as a committee, we haven't had a conversation with Jan on HKA or potentially really broadening the scope of the current audits. Okay. Uh, I think what the committee is still working through is to define what this process, this this project mm -hmm. could potentially be, right? What What could be a statement of work for this project? And I don't think we're quite there yet. Okay. Uh, is still quite in flux, and, and and the closest thing we have is that document that is in the minutes. Okay, great. Uh, again, my only again my only comment here is any we want to learn from audit uh, audit work audit findings, uh, and so my hope is that whatever deliverables are created, that there are um, helpful lessons learned that we can apply uh, prospectively, not just looking backwards. So I guess that's where I'll end my comments. Thank you. Yeah. And, and thank you for that. I think it's 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 very well taken and 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 appreciate a comment. I think it's important. And certainly the goal of ARBOC is to add value on a go forward basis uh, as well, right? I mean, if ultimately if ARBOC is expending money for any kind of study of any shape or form, then it should really be valuable on a go forward basis for for ratepayers really but then again we're very early in this process and let, let, let's see where it goes and the, the the only written document we have at this stage is is that document that is in the is in a minute thank you any any other thoughts or comments on this uh agenda item yeah just a comment um i, I guess my initial reaction is you know, it's a pretty long timeline if we're talking about not awarding a contract for another what, 18, 19 months from now. And I know, you know, the, the procurement process is takes some time uh, if it's not an emergency you know, situation in the city with all the, the different layers that are required. Um, but I guess is, is that's what Hunter, what you're thinking in terms of the solicitation development beginning in April is that we're just not really there yet with the full scope of this project at this time, that it'll take several months even to get to that point. Hi, Member Holliber. Yes, so that is correct. Um, that solicitation development phase would be where we really work with um, with the committee to understand exactly what the scope is, what kind of firm you're looking to hire. Um, so yes, all of those questions. And for the benefit of this whole this whole group, so we had a guest uh, presenter, a firm called Dewberry, that came in uh, two three months ago, uh, and this is a, a firm that does kind of, for lack of a better definition at the moment, is like return on investment study work for. Uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and you'll find that also in in the minutes. So they kind of shared some of the work that they do for uh, capital improvement projects to see whether there is some uh, some return on investment. So that's one of the 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 input that a committee has had to 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 really formulate or or really sharpen our ideas around what this project could be. If I may also include uh, some some thought, uh, Chair Liao. 
um, Nancy Hom. Uh, I just wanted to kind of, you know, get, working with CSA, I, you know, I don't want to um, uh, impose anything on independence, but, you know, many times I view audits as a collaborative process. And though CSA, uh, your team is working very closely with Arbok to, to define the scope and intent of this audit, where it makes sense and it doesn't jeopardize independence, I think it may be worthwhile uh, to understand perhaps areas that internal uh, staff at the SFPUC, um, you know, having that collaboration, that conversation where we have an audit that benefits not only just the RBOC, but also the SFPUC as well, where as a whole, we are all benefiting and learning from these audits. I really feel audits are more viewed as a uh, a group activity, um, and then we want value-added audits and not audits like what, you know, WCFO Pearl has just mentioned. We don't want to look backwards. We definitely want to use that as part of the support in the work that we're doing, but that should really support what we're doing going forward. So yeah, absolutely. Involve, yeah. yeah, so where yeah, we can no, involve Nancy, staff, we're happy to help out. Yeah, and thank you for flagging that because, in fact, you know, even, even some of the initial conversations that Arbok had about what this project eventually may look like, it's not even an audit. It's really looking at, you know, is return investment. So, and, and this is how the whole question came about, about the CSA confidentiality uh, clauses, right? Because the initial conversation that Arbok had over the past few months was really about a collaborative project with PUC. Uh, now, the confidentiality issues with CSA, we'll have to figure out how that would work, right? But you see right there, it's, it's still, there is a lot of, thinking that still needs to go into this. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, if we don't have any other comments at this point, then uh, we can turn it over to the clerk for public comments. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? Uh, yes, please, David Pilpel. Okay, uh, go ahead and uh, please proceed. Great, thank you. Um, so three um, areas of comment here. Uh, first is on the schedule. I too am concerned that the schedule seems to suggest a contract award for uh, 18 months out or something for what appears to be a first uh, phase of work. If I read page 28 uh, correctly, this is just an initial um, piece of work to develop a statement of work for the ultimate study, and it seemed like, and maybe I'm a bit confused, that this consultant would not be would be doing some limited amount of work on the methodology and the risk assessment and developing the statement of work for a larger follow-on study that would then possibly be subject to a separate um, RFP. It's not clear to me if this consultant selected would be doing the ultimate work on the study or not? That's perhaps a, a clarifying question. But again, I think the schedule uh, takes way too long for um, the amount of work that um, I think is, is contemplated here. That's on the schedule. On um, confidentiality, uh, this goes to Charter Section F1.110 sub B, notwithstanding any other provision of the charter, or any ordinance or regulation, city and county, and except to the extent required by state or federal law, all drafts, notes, preliminary reports of controllers, benchmark studies, audits, investigations, and other reports shall be confidential. Okay, so the, I think the question there is whether this 
type of work is actually a report of any sort of the controller or whether the controller is simply acting as an agent for this committee for purpose of contracting, which could be done by, again, the Board of Supervisors, OCA, some other city department. So if any other city department were contracting on behalf of Arbok, it would not be subject to that particular charter provision. And I continue to question whether the intent of that charter provision was to cover this kind of work where CSA is acting on behalf of Arbok or some other uh, entity. This would not be the controller's office's uh, audit work directly. This is simply on behalf of. So that's perhaps the issue for uh, DCA Blake to uh, continue to wrestle with. And then finally, to uh, Charles Pearl's point, I agree that this should provide overall guidance and integration with other asset management, other policy work, and the intentionality of the uh, PUC with regard to um, the scope, which appropriately is about methodology and risk assessment related to uh, whether infrastructure financed by revenue bonds is performing being maintained and whether ratepayers are receiving uh, a good return. And I did find the pages of previous minutes. Great. I did find the pages from the previous uh, packets. It was the December 14th, 2021 meeting packet at page 41 and the January of 2022 packet at pages 9 and 10, which are then repeated in the February of 22 meeting packet at pages 63 and 64. So that's the source material uh, developed by member Tang. And thank you again for um, the intentionality around this and look forward to the work. Hope those thoughts are helpful. Thanks for listening. Thank you. There being no action, uh, we can move on to the next item, which is the item eight revenue bond oversight Committee draft annual report. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Clerk. And uh, just a brief update and uh, and also an ask. Uh, so uh, we have an initial draft. Uh, uh, Member Holober and I have been working on that. Uh, now that draft is with uh, Edward Kwong from PUC to fill in some of the uh, numbers uh, that are needed for that report. And then it's going to, the, the report is going to come back to member Holober and I, and we're going to continue working on it and really fleshing it out. So what you see in the packet is really an early draft. And 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 the ask uh, for for Victor, really for Mr. Clerk, is to mark it as draft as you publish it on the website, uh, because it's still a work in progress. Frankly, it's still a fairly early work in progress, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll still need to flesh it out. And hopefully, we'll 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 get it done in the next few weeks. Mr. Chair, no. um, do you say it would be published on the website as a draft at this time, or? Well, it's uh, it's, it's been included in the packet that has okay. been circulated for this meeting. Uh, frankly, maybe it shouldn't have, but it is. Uh, so, if it ends up on the website, uh, my ask to uh, to both PUC and and to the clerk is to make sure that that document is really marked as a draft because it's an early work in progress it's not a final document yeah i would i would suggest you know we can keep it 
with the agenda packet as a draft, but I wouldn't publish it on its own until it's a final report and issued. Yeah, I agree, but it's it's out there as in the packet circulating, right? I just had uh, one. I make sure to do that in the future. I just had one quick comment. Um, I, I know it says maybe I should have brought this up when we were reviewing it uh, offline, but um, I, it says annual report fiscal year 2021. I would recommend changing that to 2021-22. Um, fiscal year 2021 would I think would likely be interpreted as 2020 to 21, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But we can make those edits offline later on. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it it needs work, <laughs> so we'll yeah. we'll 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 work on it. Uh, thank you. Um, unless the the committee has any thoughts or comments on this, we can move on to the next agenda item. No comments. So uh, over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over to uh, Clark. Yes, it's comment there. Sorry. Public comment. Um, yes, David Pilpel. Please proceed. Great. Um, okay, so I can uh, go over these with uh, Victor afterwards, but um, these are some uh, quick thoughts on the, the draft that I uh, saw. Starting on page uh, 30, I agree, fiscal year 21-22. On the next page, um, there was something on here. On the the paragraph, the SFPC continues to incur da da da. Uh, I might add a sentence on the status of uh, WSIP and SSIP, which were expected to be completed in 2021, um, given the the current uh, status of the the two major programs. Um, at the bottom of that page, uh, the ARBOC is comprised of seven members. I would eliminate the vacant references because I think that's. Uh, covered elsewhere, perhaps could have a sentence on the next page because the composition is fixed. Uh, I frankly re uh, forget if uh, BAWA is uh, referenced um, in the uh, ordinance and maybe clarifying uh, the, that BAWA, I think, sort of became BASQA um, there. Uh, the next two pages, I think, are fine as to the uh, current members. Maybe another uh, sentence under the the lovely photo of Member Holliber uh, discussing the vacancies and that efforts uh, have been made and are being made to, to fill the vacancy. At least one has been filled subsequent to the reporting period. The mission statement, I think, is fine. The introduction, uh, I'm on page 34, uh, I, I think is fine. Da 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 da. That issue. Okay, there's probably a way to uh, combine page 35 and 36. I think there's a unintended page break uh, there. Um, on the appendices, uh, one, two, three, four, there are two appendix fours. I, I'm sure that can be renumbered. M most importantly uh, to me, I think there should be a sec section here on uh, finding that uh, Arbach found that all um, bond proceeds were used appropriately for um, projects consistent with the um, funding uh, parameters that, that essentially some kind of material finding by this committee um, of uh, uh, appropriateness 
is what I'm sort of looking for uh, here. And if not, what was done to address any deficiency, either uh, direct or suggest uh, corrections, but but some kind of uh, finding made by this committee. Um, and if that hasn't happened, then I would uh, suggest seconds. that you take. Thanks. If that hasn't happened, then I would suggest that you take uh, that kind of an action with respect to the uh, reporting period and include it in the report. I think that's, um, again, from my perspective, the important thing that this committee can do and report publicly. Um, that's all for the moment. If I see anything else, again, I'll cover that with Victor. Thanks for listening. Pro appreciate the work on uh, getting the annual report done sooner rather than later. Thanks. Thank you. Is there any other members of the public willing to provide public comment on this item? There being no action on this item at this time, we can move on to item number nine, uh, SFPUC site visit update. We received um, a written update, uh, which is in our packet today. Um, as the uh, staff at SFPUC are, are not present today. Uh, thank you for that. And what I can really do thank PUC for uh, really outlining the options for for Arbux for for site visits. And uh, I think the, the 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 question really for the committee now is to help PUC with potential dates uh, that we may uh, want to put on the calendar for these visits. I think for city visits and peninsula visits, that's relatively straightforward to do. For upcountry visits uh, in uh, in in the Sierras, it depends on weather, depends on seasons. So the the most heads up time we can give to PUC, the better to really help with the scheduling process. So my question really to the group is whether we can do that now, looking at calendars and relatively quickly provide that input to PUC, whether this is best done over email, maybe through a survey. Uh, the challenge with emails, it takes a while to, you know, chase the individual to get the answers. So um, I wonder if there is any specific date or that does not work for folks uh, that we may want to flag and go from there. So it sounds like we have no dates that does not work for anyone. But essentially we have outlined, or at least PUC has outlined three separate visits. Uh, we have... Um, Sorry, four, Charlie, I'll, there, yeah. uh, I'm unlikely to be very available in November and October, but I, um, assuming we don't need a quorum for the visits, hopefully that won't hold anything up. So the first one, thank you for that. That's uh, that's helpful. The first one has been outlined by PUC is the Oceanside plant. And the suggestion is a date in October. And for October, Chair, so I'm available after October 13th, except October 24th. Okay. After yeah. October 13th, except 24th. Thank you for that. And I'll um, be happy to join this tour. Member Holober, do those last two weeks of October work for you? Um, yeah, let me, I'm just checking real quick. I know October 21st, I'm not available, or I'm likely not available. 
Um, and I think there was another date as well. Does uh, Monday the 24th work? Uh, the, the 14th does not work either. 24th? I think member Tang said she's not available, right? 24th? No, I'm not available on 24th. I'm not available. Oh, so except so after 13th except 24th sorry except the 24th sorry about that uh okay um all right let's try this one more time what about the uh, 27th thursday i think that'd be fine for me Yep. Okay. All right. So let, let's call this Thursday the 27th, October 27th, and then we'll circle back with uh, Nikolai and see if that uh, works for. I mean, maybe Thursday. we should suggest a couple other dates just just in case. Mm. As a backup. Um, yeah. 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 Are there any okay. dates? Chair, you're not available. Uh, for me, then it has to roll over into November. The fourth works well, November fourth. Yeah, I'm a I'm a maybe, but I will come if I can. Does the work for it's fine for me. Hmm. Did you say November fourth? Yeah, Friday, November fourth. Friday. Um it may not work for me for um, but I, I'm not sure. It has to be, I'm just tentatively available that day. Okay. Well, for the purpose of today's call, why don't we say October 27th or November 4th, and then we'll we'll, we'll circle back with uh, Nikolai and see if that works, and then we'll go from there. And for the... Uh, should we check with, uh, sorry, should we check with member camp as well? Yeah, we'll do that. And I'll work with, uh, with uh, uh, Victor. To, to take care of that. And for the upcountry uh, visits, sounds to me it's probably best to wait until member camp is, is with us because those are really long range dates. And, uh, and we'll also have Nikolai at the next meeting. So that will probably be the best time to do that. But at least we'll have this one covered for now. Uh, anything else on site visits? we want to cover today? Can, no? um, yeah. yeah, just a question. How is this? Are we expecting a morning visit? Like, should we be blocking out, you know, three, four hours, one hour? What does this look like? Typically? I did this visit before, and I think it's about a couple hours. Okay. Keep or take. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and, and thank you, PUC, for the opportunity to do this. And, uh, and I'll turn it over to the clerk for comment. Yes, are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? David Pilpel, and I'll try to keep it brief. Please proceed. Great, thanks. Uh, so I am uh, fairly near uh, Oceanside and would be happy to join you if that uh, works. I have not been out there in some years, but I, I did a number of tours way back when, when I was on the Wastewater uh, Advisory Committee and, and whatnot. Um, I would just remind the committee that if you're anticipating having 
um, at least four members present, then you got to go through all of that uh, scheduling as a special meeting and all of that, um, you know, stuff. If it if you anticipate that there, there will be no more than three members present, then I think you can do it uh, in the absence of uh, a meeting because you won't have a quorum. Um, but again, I would check with DCA Blake on the logistics and whether or not uh, Victor needs to be there and all that. I'm sure Victor would love to get out of City Hall and come visit Oceanside. But whatever, I will leave that uh, to all of you and uh, look forward to a uh, successful tour. And again, I'm happy to, to meet you and join you if that works. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? Hearing none, we can move on to approval of the minutes for August 16th, which is item number 10. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clark. And uh, does the committee have any comments on the minutes? We look ready for approval. Mr. Chair, um, noticed a couple of what appear to be typos um, on item 10, approval of minutes. It just says Mark Blake, Deputy City Attorney. Hmm. Okay. I don't think you've commented on that. And then again, yeah, I think that's it. An approved draft at the end. I don't know if that's just Victor. If that's your um, note to yourself, uh, I mark it as draft until you okay. approve it. Great, thank you. Okay. Any any other comments? No. I may have a motion to approve with uh, Member Holberg's uh, corrections. Yep. Member Guthy uh, moved. Uh, I'll second. Okay. Are there any uh, members of the public who would like to make public comment on this matter? Yep, David Pilpel, very briefly. Okay, please proceed. Uh, I also caught the Mark Blake, uh, Deputy City Attorney, which sounds like a television show, by the way, um, <laughs> for item 10. And other than that, I'm happy to follow up with uh, Victor to um, recharacterize my comments uh, slightly, but nothing substantive. Uh, as we previously discussed, Mr. Pelpel, I'm not going to be taking anything after the approval. Fine, I'm then let's do that right now. I'm happy to copies of okay, the minutes but, prior, but I'm not going to okay. do anything after the meeting. Fine, then let's do that right now. Um, okay. On page 40 of the packet, page two of the minutes, uh, David Pilpel stated no objections. Hold on a second. Uh, which item? Item two. Item two, yes. Stated no objections, plural, but suggested, past tense, a written motion for the packet. On page three. Yes. Uh, item seven. David Pilpel, no semicolon, provided comments. Made suggestion, plural, suggestions for items to focus on and Hold commented. On a uh, one moment. Uh, can you start off? David Pell provided. Provided comments, comma, made suggestions, plural, for yes. items for items to focus on, comma, 
and commented ED on the CSA confidentiality provisions. Got it. On the next page, item eight. Okay. Or such as determination if bond proceeds were used for the intended projects. Okay. Item nine, no semicolon, and made suggestions regarding site tours. Okay. Item 10, I'm not sure that I had any relevant comments there. Okay. I could probably be struck. And then item 11 on page five, meeting schedule agenda items regard, agenda items regarding. Hold on. Regarding? Regarding and in-person meetings, plural. And in-person could, an in could be hyphenated. Um, and I think page five and six, there's a page break that could probably be lost. Okay. That's it. I Those are my non-substantive changes. I'm all good. Thanks for listening. Okay. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? Hearing none. On a motion to uh, approve the minutes as amended. Member Holliber. Aye. Holliber, aye. Member Boothie. Aye. Boothie, aye. Member Tang. Um, I just want to make a note. I was absent last meeting, but as far as I know, you don't allow any member to um, abstain. So that's why um, um, I'm okay with it. So aye. Okay. I uh, so noted. Uh, Chair Liao. Aye. Liao, aye. And Member Camp is absent at this time. Uh, the motion passes without objection. Next on the agenda is item 11, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, does the committee have any any comments, any, any, any questions, any suggestions, or also PUC or anyone else really uh, that has anything that would like to flag at this time? Okay, hearing none, I think uh, we can adjourn this meeting and I would like to thank everyone really for uh, for for joining today and especially our presenters. Uh, uh, thank you, Ms. Hom, and uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Robinson. I'd just like to give Mr. Uh, Pilpo one last chance for public comment on on uh, item 11 before we adjourn. And, and Chair, I also have a comment to make um, in response to Mr. Pilpo's comment um, before you join. Okay, I'll go ahead, Member Tang. Mr. Pilpo, do you have any comments? I, I'm happy to hear from Member Tang. <laughs> okay, so Mr. Pilpo, I just want to, um, in response to your previous comment on um, like the 
proposed a timeline on PDF page 29 of the packet. So I did receive a confirmation from Hunter. So he clarified basically the intention for the proposed timeline would be um, to hire a consult co contractor that does all of the work for this assessment and not just to perform the initial uh, scoping. Okay. I just want to clarify that. Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you. If there are no public comments at this time, I believe uh, we can go back to Chair Liao for final remarks before we adjourn. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, no, I would just would like to thank everyone uh, once again for joining today, especially our guest speakers, and uh, look forward to speaking next uh, month. This meeting is now adjourned. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank Victor, you. I'll stay on.